0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan
1: Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence Mr. Joe's across from me Mr. Rob's got the week off but Chad Hershberger is in as an able substitute on the other side of the glass Always great to see his uh, help and hard work uh, paying off
2: you okay, buddy? I'm sitting here quietly as you open the show. On the Marcus As opposed to the <laughs> times when I generally interrupt you. Which would be but now. But I don't want to do that today. Uh, of course. No. On the Marcus So don't monster. let me stop you. <laughs> <laughs> By the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them
1: out at sunburymotors.com. We're going to start out with a guest this morning. Cliff Reeders is back on the time. I always call him a noted attorney. Uh, he's a partner at Readers, Travis Humphrey Waters, and Dorman certified, uh, t- uh, board certified, and trial advocate in Williamsport Patterson. Past president of the Pennsylvania Trial Lawyers Association, past member of the Pennsylvania Patient Safety Authority, which really, uh, that would have been an interesting board to be on uh, during a time of pandemic. But I'm sure the pandemic has brought lots of uh, liability uh, conversations uh, to your business. But
2: today he is here to discuss... The Election. legal ramifications of the yeah. lawsuits being filed around the country. Good morning, Cliff. Thanks morning, for calling Cliff. in. Good
3: morning, Cliff. Good morning, Harry. We could talk about a lot of things today, probably for hours, right? <laughs>
2: what? Well, they cut us, us off after, the they cut us off after a time, Cliff.
3: <laughs> I, I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the law is, is kind of the, the lifeblood of society. You know, everything flows through the law and eventually winds up in the courts, right? So it, it's really a reflection of what we think about, what we worry about in society in general. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting time, for sure.
2: Well, let's take a look at these lawsuits that are being filed around the country in this election. You know, do you see, uh, from what you've seen, are, do any of them have any merit? And if so, which ones are likely to uh, uh, you know, be adjudicated in the president's favor? And are any of them likely to overturn the election?
3: So, uh, I'm sorry to sound like I'm, I'm in a congressional hearing um, by answering, <laughs> saying nobody really knows. Uh, you know, the facts are not in. These suits are just being filed. One of them was just assigned to Matthew Brand and Williamsport um, challenging the Pennsylvania Supreme Court um, uh, rulings uh, in terms of what votes they will count or not count. So we don't really know yet. You know, the facts are not in. And if you, you know, if you read, uh, you know, on the Internet, you know, everybody's got a story. And some of those stories are very troubling and some don't sound like they are so troubling. But here's what you need to know, though. Here's what every citizen should know. Um, and that is that the United States does have a very sorry his- history of voter fraud. And I commend everyone to read a book called Deliver the Vote by Tracy Campbell, which I kind of stumbled upon. It's uh, I'm not even sure if it's still in print. and get it, you know, a used book on Amazon. Yeah, it's a great but book. Tracy- it's his- a great
2: book. It's a great book. I have book? it, too. Yep, okay. I have it.
3: <laughs> so, and I don't think it's particularly political. Uh, it was written really in the wake of uh, the 2004 election. So, it, you know, it's not somebody writing about Trump, or he likes Trump, or doesn't like Trump. I mean, this was written, you know, long before. Um, you know, more than 10 years ago. Uh, but it does trace the problem from 1742, and it's remarkable. I thought I knew my American history pretty well. But when I read it, you know, I really came away very troubled, you know. Um, and it, and it, is, it is really part and parcel of our culture. I grew up in a very political family. My mother was a poll watcher. You know, my dad was a county chairman. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I've seen through my life, you know being involved with the parties on usually from a litigation context that there is some very troublesome stuff that goes on especially in the major metropolitan areas where uh, and and actually you know try to be very nonpartisan about this wherever you have one party control uh there's always a risk because that party not only wants to hang on to its control but believes it has a right to and one of the things that campbell you read the books you know one of the points that campbell makes is that uh, of all the crimes that are committed you know in, in society in the united states People never really thought of election fraud as a crime. You know, it was kind of working for their team, and the, the risks of the other side winning was so bad, so dangerous, so destructive to America that anything they did to uh, affect the result for their candidate, you know, was justified. Uh, so it, it is a uh, history that we have. So the question is, writing against that backdrop, um, somebody files a lawsuit. And these, these lawsuits, you know, are looked at like any other kind of lawsuit. There's a kind of a preliminary procedure whereby the courts attempt to determine um, are the laws being invoked even proper for this court to hear. So, for example, let's take the case before Judge Brand. The first thing he's going to decide is whether he has a right to hear this case. Does he have jurisdiction to hear it? Should he abstain? Should, is, this a, is this a state matter? Is this a federal matter? What makes it a federal matter? Those are the uh, initial questions. And uh, that he has to decide, and then then uh, you, you deal with the, you know, the question is what is the evidence? What is the evidence that whatever the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did is leading to fraud? The Pennsylvania Supreme Court, among other things, um, uh, it, you know, is, uh, supposedly is accepting ballots without evidence of a postmark. <clears throat> There's a question as to whether the ballots um, need to match, whether signatures need to match. If they don't match, what do you do about it? You have the question about late-arriving ballots, when is the cutoff, when is a proper cutoff. Um, and, it, and, of course, once you look at the facts, the question is, the so what defense? Um, how does that invoke federal jurisdiction? How does that represent a lack of equal protection or due process or other, you know, uh, other things in the Constitution? So without a development of the facts, you know, it's really very hard to say. And there's all kinds, of, you know, all kinds of stuff out there, and nobody knows if it's true um, at this point, for sure. You know, voter, so-called ghost voting, um, and, uh, you know, voting of uh, uh, so-called repeaters. Um, and, but the most troublesome statistic, and this is what the courts traditionally have looked at when they considered, and they have many times, by the way, thrown out elections. In fact, Congress itself has thrown out elections um, of, of senators and of, uh, of congressmen. So you know the the question is whether the the number of people in this jurisdiction that's voting um do they is that number make any sense in terms of the number of people who voted so if you have you know zero votes for example for one party in a particular jurisdiction well you know you, that's very suspicious right or if you have 10,000 voters in a place, but 20,000 people voted, what does that tell you? So those are the, you know, I call them gross. Those are the, the, the things you look at before you get to the net. <laughs> you know, that's what you look at initially. And you say, is there evidence here just, you know, from the numbers alone that something is just not right? It's just not kosher. can't happen. And uh, th- that's, that's re- usually where the courts start. Um, and then you start to look at individual, you know, they kind of drill down on individual cases. But, but the, really the first question that all these judges have to face in these cases is whether they have the right to hear these cases, or is this a question of separation of powers, or is this something a legislature gets to decide, When do the courts step in? And, of course, that's a fight we've been having in this country since the time of the Federalist Papers. You know, who gets to decide? Is it a legislative decision? Is it a uh, judicial decision?
2: But it's the state supreme. The state supreme court actually changed the the law that the legislature wrote to allow three days of uh, ballots to come in three days later. Can is that subject to a to a challenge in the courts? The fact that the state supreme court overruled what the legislature did.
3: So generally speaking, uh, the federal courts defer to the state court when the state court is deciding a matter within its own jurisdiction. So there you had a state Supreme Court saying that uh, what, the, essentially, what the legislature did was not proper to the Pennsylvania Constitution, um, that they were depriving people of the right to vote by passing that law. That's essentially, you know, to boil it down, that's what the state Supreme Court was saying. When a federal judge gets this case, which I guess he will, Judge Brand will get that case, he, the first thing he's going to have to decide is does he have a right to pass upon it? He's a federal judge. Does he have a right to decide whether a state Supreme Court can interpret its own constitution? and uh, Or is this so, a matter that arises to the uh, uh, to become a federal issue? Is the Supreme Court um, saying that the state legislature cannot do this—an invasion of separation of powers—which is so fundamental, so fundamental, uh, and goes to such a basic right that it invokes federal standards under the Fourteenth Amendment, um, or the Equal Protection, or some other, or some other provision concerning, say, congressional elections. So um, that's the that's the the rub. Um, and you know, we have in this—you know—you got to remember, we have got 50 different countries. Uh, you know, whenever I speak on the subject to law students or uh, high school students, who, you know, speak a lot to, to young people, I always remind them that there's 50 countries here, uh, plus you have all, all the circuit courts, right, 10, 11 circuit court, 11 circuit courts, you have one U.S. Supreme Court, and many times you have conflicts between the courts that are not resolved by the United States Supreme Court, not every conflict gets resolved by the United States Supreme Court because they, they couldn't, they could not possibly resolve every conflict. Uh, I've spoken to some overseas law schools, and, you know, over- and America has always looked at, you know, we're a great model. Everybody wants to be like America, you know. Uh, even our enemies want to be like America. And, you know, it's kind of funny when you start telling these people, uh, they, they always walk out of the classroom dizzy when I get done telling them about the overlapping systems of law that we have in this country. So everybody says, okay, the U.S. Supreme Court will decide it. Eh, not necessarily so. Not necessarily so. The Supreme Court will walk away from many issues when it believes that it's invading the province of the state. And that's a, you know, that's a big deal. The other thing you have to remember about when we start talking about election fraud, voter fraud, that's important to remember is you have so many different jurisdictions. And uh, we don't have a, you know, sort of a unified, a clear, unified system with an orderly body of laws and checkers. You know, There's, there's not some your know, office in of Washington, D.C., that's overseeing all the national elections and what happens on the county and local and state level. I was telling a friend the other day, my mother used to be the person to drive the ballots to our county seat from, from the unincorporated village of Allenwood. Okay, that was, that's what the voting area was called where we live, the unincorporated village of Allenwood. And uh, my mother was a the person they trusted. <laughs> they picked one person. You could drive the vote. They trusted her. And uh, she drove the votes to the, to the county seat, you know. And, and they, the people in that, I remember as a little kid, I could hey, let me sit in the corner of this uh, basically in you know, a fire hall counting the votes, you know. And you hope that all those people were honest, that there were watchers in both parties, which there were, you know, in that jurisdiction. And, um, you know, but, but there are plenty of places where it didn't work that way, and it doesn't work that way, where there's only people from one party, and they, they need to get those votes in, and they might be doing it for money, they may be doing it for power, they may be doing it for whatever, but you don't have any kind of system of overall supervision. Now, some states, obviously, you don't have better systems than others. Some states have an attorney general, or they have a, you know, have a, a centralized a, a type of uh, oversight that, you know, tries to have some laws and regulations in place. But it really comes down, it really does come down to what happens in that local voting district. And that is what um, has caused us problems, you know, over the years, as you know from Tracy Campbell's book. Um, you know, African-Americans were totally disenfranchised after the Civil War. You know, a kind of slavery was reimposed, and that is by taking away the right to vote. By 1920, no African-American could effectively vote in this country south of the Mason-Dixon line, for sure. I'm not even sure so so much about the north, but certainly not in the south. It was over. It was done with. You know, a 1,000 African-Americans were killed in one parish in Louisiana, 60 in Florida. So, you know, um, African-Americans could not go to the polls to vote for Republicans, and they supported Republicans for 100 years. For good reasons. It was Republicans who, that was a party of Lincoln and Grant. The Democrats were the parties that enslaved them. So, you know, you had a lot of African Americans in the South who wanted to vote for Republicans and for a 100 years could not. So um, we do have a troublesome history. Um, We've not really gotten our arms wrapped around the question as to how to have some, you know, oversight and proper handling of ballots on the local level, which is typically where the corruption um, is most likely to occur. And look at recent elections. You know, we know, for example, that Lyndon Johnson won his first congressional um, election based on fraud. There certainly are some pretty good studies out there that said that uh, Richard Nixon really won the election in 1960, and it was uh, it was Mayor Daley who delivered the vote for Kennedy in Chicago, 100,000 votes or something like that. So, I mean, who knows? But what we do know is that th- th- there are enough stories out there about election fraud to re- for it to be a worrisome no problem.
1: Let me ask you this, Cliff. With this three-day extension that uh, votes could come in, uh, that means some people went to the polls <laughs> and, uh, or I'm sorry, went to the post office and put their uh, ballot in the in the mailbox at some sort of a moment before close of business on uh, election day, and it got that postmark that it needs, and then eventually it made its way to the courthouse. Are there some circumstances, depending upon the outcome of these court cases, that those people cast ballots in a manner that they thought was legal, but their vote won't count? Is that one of the outcomes of this uh, litigation?
3: Well, no and yes. So the answer to that is, first of all, the question of postmarking is a big question. Um, There are those who are claiming that what Pennsylvania is doing is they're not looking at postmarks; They don't care when it was postmarked. So let's take a next step from your question. Let's say there's no, no postmark. Well, let's say it was postmarked after the election. Should they be counted or not? Um, those people deposited those, you know, they deposited their ballots before, let's say, the day before. Didn't get postmarked till the day after. I mean, we all know. We've all seen that happen, and now we're dealing with the post office. So you've got that question. Um, need there be, should there be a postmark? Need there be a postmark? Is that a federal matter of due process if there's not a postmark? Um, and of course, a lot of people, no doubt, acted in good faith, and at the last minute. But you know, that happens all the time to people. You don't get things in uh, that are supposed to be in by a certain date. You know, you get disqualified. I mean, we've all had that happen to us. Uh, we, you know, when you pay your bills, you have a you know you have a charge if you don't uh, present it by you know a certain date. I think the most troublesome question that you've not asked me, and I think this really goes to the core of how you secure safe elections, is voter ID. How you identify the voter as being the voter. If you're not going to compare signatures what do you do um now pennsylvania like for example my wife and me we got we got ourselves uh ballots but we went to the polls anyway my wife was really uncomfortable putting it in the mail so we took our ballots with us and they canceled our ballot hopefully <laughs> and they uh they uh, we hadn't filled out the paper one though so we were in good shape and then we voted you know in person my son sent in a provisional ballot and it's a website you can go to and his ballot still has not been counted Right? How long are we after the election? Uh, at least according to the website. Will it ever be counted? So um, he, he, went to the, he went to the polls. He wanted to vote. And he, they said, uh, no, you've already sent in your ballot, so you, know, you can't. you do this provisional ballot thing. So the whole provisional ballot you know, issue is something we don't really exactly know how that's working, how many votes that involves, what's been counted, and where. Um, so, you know, I know somebody who worked in Philadelphia uh, counting votes and, you know, was fairly reckless in making statements about um, the uh, uh, how we Democrats, quote unquote, are doing um, in counting the votes. Now, the person didn't say they were doing anything improper or illegal. And uh, but it was to me kind of a cavalier attitude. Who is watching? Who is watching the watchers? Um, you know who are the independent people in Philadelphia and Chicago and all of these, and New York and all these other places who so desperately wanted to see Trump defeated. I mean, desperately, desperately, they felt. I you know, felt the the republic and their lives and their livelihood and their you know rested on getting him defeated. So you know, when people get that desperate, what would they do if they had the power to get rid of votes or substitute in other votes? Well, Clifford- you know, and especially.
2: Yeah, with, with respect to election security, uh, isn't photo ID or some kind of absolute ID, isn't that the ultimate gold standard to make sure that every vote is cast legally?
3: So, yes, it is. But, you know, there's a, it's obviously a very controversial ish- issue. Um, there are people who feel that voter ID would disenfranchise um, those people who are not able or not willing or not capable of getting voter ID. There would be some sort of impediment. Um, to, to voting but if you look at the history of voting in this country, it's always moved towards some way of validating identification and as people have pointed out to me, you know, if you're a young person, you can't get a drink without ID uh, I've got ID to uh, carry a concealed weapon um, you know, you've got ID for everything, right I carry my wallet, you know several things with my picture on it in order to be able to, I can't park in in a state parking lot okay, I'm a member of the state because I'm on the Supreme Court, a couple of the Supreme Court committees. I can't park in a state parking lot without my picture ID. Uh, so, you know, there um, it, it is, it is definitely the, the only way to, you're not going to guarantee even there, as you know, plenty of young people drink with false ID, but um, it, it would improve the system. And to say that there's a certain segment of the population that is too dumb or ignorant to be able to get it or have it, uh, have their, fo- their photo on something, you know, it seems to me as demeaning, is awfully demeaning to those people, but... Uh, that is, you know, that's a uh, that's a very passionate issue. What to about many this? People.
1: What about this idea that the the uh, U.S. Attorney General is starting to participate in the investigations of of anomalies and glitches and uh, any fraud or anything like that? Uh, some people say, well, the president's using his Attorney General as his personal attorney or better yet, as his campaign attorney.
3: Well, so it's not unusual for the, you know, I've worked with the, with the uh, Department of Justice many, many times in my career, U.S. attorneys. There's, there's certainly nothing even unusual about looking at something to see if the charges have any merit. That's all that's been done here. Barr said uh, that, you know, he will, he will look into um, whether there's any, you know, anything substantial to these claims. But Barr, in my view, has proven himself to be a fairly responsible guy. So, you know, let's see what he says and what he comes up with. At the bottom end of this whole story, is going to have to be evidence. And there's going to be evidence of a lot of votes. I don't know what the final count is, but, you know, I think there's probably a last, I heard a four million count difference, right? Four million vote difference. So, uh, you know, at some point, somebody, whether it's the attorney general or whether it's state attorney generals or through lawsuits, is going to have to flesh out, you know, what, what evidence there really is of of voter fraud.
2: Cliff, we're down to about about three minutes. Is there any other question we didn't ask you that we should have asked you?
3: (laughs) Well, you you know, so yeah, I I think the bottom line question is is the the, uh, Bush versus Gore question. And the Supreme Court there stopped the recount um, in Florida saying it was bad for the republic. It was disruptive. So the question really is, in many elections, we have wondered about, what, you know, the legitimacy of the result, right, in presidential elections and all the way down. And the question is, does the time come when it's just bad for the country, you accept it the way it is, um, and, you, you know, uh, candidate X has more votes than candidate you know, why? So let X take office, and then, you know, you raise it in the next election. The whole question about election fraud is something you bring up in the, in, in the next election. That's really the philosophical issue. That's not a legal question. That's a philosophical one. And that's what, you know, Americans in general are going to have to say. I see a lot of Republicans who are, you know, basically throwing up their hands. Uh, I think George Bush made a statement the other day. Look, yeah, there's a certain amount of fraud between 1% and 3% in every election in the history of this country. Yeah, you know, let, let it go. You know, accept the result and fight it out in the next election, you know? So i got to remember in the Tilden-Hayes election, 1876, it was clear that Tilden was a winner, but Hayes became president. So, uh, you know, it's happened before. The question is, is it so bad for America to challenge votes that you just you just let it go?
2: In that case, and, the Demo- uh, in yeah. that case, the Democrats negotiated to give the election uh, to Hayes to end Reconstruction in the South. So they got something out of right. the deal anyway.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. What they did, what they got out of the deal was, when you say end Reconstruction, they re-enslaved the slaves. That's right. really what they got out of that deal. That's right.
2: Well, thank
1: you so, so much. Oops, please, go ahead. A, a concluding remark. Go right ahead.
3: Yeah, well, no, I do yeah, no, I, so I don't want to take up any of your time. So, I, you know, I really – it comes down to what it means to be an American and what integrity is all about. And I do think that when people ask questions, they deserve to have those questions answered. How far you go in terms of disrupting the republic, like I say, that's a philosophical question. From a legal question, you know, judges are going to have to decide, number one, do they have the jurisdiction to hear these these complaints? Is there, is there a legal basis for it? And number two, what are the facts? What are the evidence? And I think most judges will do a good job with that.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for the analysis and the information. Uh, we'll check back in to see how some of this plays out once we get some decisions on things that maybe appeals. Uh, we'll follow that. It's likely the U.S. Supreme Court might see some of this. And uh, the, we uh, didn't get to ask the question. We're out of time. But the legal implications of the Biden administration, you know, what will that bring? We'll have to talk about that another day. Yeah,
4: very
3: interesting. Cla- yeah, absolutely. Cla- Love th- to that. Thanks. Be well. Be well. Safe Thanks. and healthy, and take care, you guys. Thanks, Cliff. Thank you take so
1: care. Much. Cliff Reader's uh, attorney, uh, partner at Reader's, Travis Humphrey Waters and Dorman. Uh,
2: and another member of the President Tilden fan club. Jeez, uh, uh, <laughs> both of
1: you are out there. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, uh, we might have time for a quick caller.
5: We'll, we'll return shortly. No need to search high and low for the best holiday bargains. They're easy to find at Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. SMC has 27 2021 Kia Sportages to choose from. And they start at just $23,490. Kia's all-new mid-size sedan, the Kia K5, starts at only $23,746. And it's now available in all-wheel drive. And listen to this. Sunbury Motors Kia has 23 of the hot new 2021 Kia Seltos arriving this month. Preserve yours today. This small all-wheel drive crossover starts at 23 And remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The best holiday bargains are easy to to find find at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the
1: KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. Chad Hershberger is our great producer today. So we appreciate his help and hard work. He's going to make sure that any future callers that uh, come through, get through and get on the radio. Uh, so we're going to give him that opportunity to answer the phone. So we're going to prompt you now. I'm sure he's excited about that. Uh, I'm Super <laughs>
6: excited. <laughs> I knew
1: you would be. He's getting paid a lot of money to sit over there and <laughs> answer those calls. All right. Uh, so put them to Talk work. Talk about living in an alternate universe, right? <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. Here's the telephone number to call if you'd like to be on the show. 1-800-795-9565. Here's the telephone number. You can email us at onthemarkatwkokit.com, and you can text us at 70236. We'd love to hear from you today, so uh, call us now. Due to heavy damage, the state police fire marshal says he can't determine the cause of a fire this week in Sealants Grove in a release from the Dauntless Hook and Ladder Company. Firefighters said the fire marshal determined the building uh, valued at over half a million dollars as a total loss, uh, crews say. Uh, the fire broke out Sunday evening, then again Monday morning at 118 North Market Street. They saw fire and smoke coming from the attic when they got there. Ten people displaced by that fire. The first positive case of COVID-19 has been reported in the Mifflinburg Area School District. In an email Monday, the district said it received notice of a positive case in the high school and school can still meet there. Five COVID-19 cases confirmed in the Sealance Grove area school district, so they switched to their second choice, which is online remote learning the rest of the week for all students, and uh, that's what's happening this week. Uh, They're studying online. Pennsylvania Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine says there's still a few steps left before Pfizer's new vaccine candidate will be distributed to anyone.
6: So the process will be that they will declare that they
1: are done with their study. They will submit all of that to the FDA and the federal government, which will go through a review process by the FDA and uh, the CDC, et cetera. And so our job comes when they say, that's done. Uh, this comes after the pharmaceutical company, Pfizer, announced Monday its vaccine candidate is over 90% effective against COVID-19. Dr. Levine says the state will stick to its three-phase distribution plan, prioritizing healthcare personnel and frontline workers, and then uh, the uh, public comes last. Uh, the daycare at the Sunbury YMCA was shut for down Monday, but reopened today after one staffer tested positive for COVID-19. We talked to Attorney Cliff Readers about the Pennsylvania lawsuit. President Donald Trump's campaign launched a lawsuit to stop the certification of the uh, election results in Pennsylvania. It accuses Allegheny County and Philadelphia, where President uh, Trump was greatly outnumbered in the balloting, of uh, receiving and processing almost 700,000 mail-in and absentee ballots without allowing the review of political parties or candidates. The office of the governor uh, said in a statement, though, the ballot watchers from all parties have observers throughout the process and that any insinuation otherwise is a lie. He did acknowledge uh, that there was a time in Philadelphia when poll watchers were too far away, and a Commonwealth Court judge determined that they could be allowed to stand closer, or placed closer, and they followed through with that, but the Trump administration says this is one of the many anomalies in the U.S. The U.S., or check that, scratch that, the State Senate Majority and State Speaker of the House are asking for an audit of the election these Republican leaders say their concern is over the three-day extension for counties to receive mail-in ballots that were postmarked by Election Day, expressing that the Supreme Court overstepped in allowing that to happen. And that's what we talked about with Attorney Clifford Readers, which, of course, Eric... Speaking uh, of that,
2: did you happen to hear oops, yesterday... Hold on, Cliff, or Hold on, <laughs> Eric. Stand by. Did you happen to hear yesterday the comments of Governor Cuomo when the announcement was made about the uh, vaccine? Mm-mm. He said it was a shame. It was bad news because it came during the Trump administration. Oh, well, the Trump was still in office yeah. at all. Well,
1: it's too bad it didn't happen Monday uh, a week I, I earlier. I think really
2: he, he, he's a despicable person, in my opinion for that kind of comment all you know the democrats are talking about the number of people who died and then they come up with a vaccine that maybe is 90 percent effective and he says it's bad news okay that's one, what's wrong and joe biden's got a lot of work to do if he's going to unify that forgive me uh, just uh, an aside i'll take your word for it well i'll uh, give you my word for it
1: one eight hundred seven 795 eric's been waiting uh, go ahead eric you're welcome to continue please
7: uh, thanks guys um so, uh, Joe, uh, I, th- I hope you recall that you and I had conversations uh, last Monday before the election and the day of the election and after election that we were going to have to take some time sure. to count all the votes in Pennsylvania. And we're right? doing do you we're, remember that? I
2: do, and we're doing it.
7: Okay. And then I also said, uh, asked you if you would then accept the certification or the, uh, the election. You said you would. But I would. now...
2: Yes, you did. I, I, I know I did, and I will. Well, what's your problem? Okay, I, I what's will. What's your problem? So,
7: what's uh, your problem, The problem Eric? is that um, the, the election's over. Uh, no,
2: but not all the votes have been counted. Now, you're, you're all going back. all the votes a, have
7: been counted. Not all um, of what, them. What's, uh, what's let's be counted in Pennsylvania? If, let's well, let's, I
2: don't know, but if you look on the websites of the various news organizations, they'll tell you that only 99% of the vote has been tallied in Pennsylvania, and there's still some 50,000-plus votes that have not been counted that should have been counted on Election Day, I think. And well, they have provisional uh, ballots. Should have been
7: counted on Election Day?
2: Well, on, on election the next N- day or night. night or whatever, election night. Now there's still provisional
1: ballots to count through in Pennsylvania, and each one of them requires a conversation because somebody voted and changed how they were going to vote so there's uh, hundreds of thousands of those and uh, the plus you still have segregated the people whose ballots were received after Election Day but were placed in the mail may or may not have a postmark as we talked about so those ballots are not still has to be
2: decided if they even will be counted they may have
1: been counted at the counties but they're still not added to the total so those are two examples of ballots not yet counted Eric
7: and, and the last I heard, the numbers of those which came in, which have been separated, the numbers that came in after the election has been hundreds, not tens of thousands. Is that also you guys' understanding?
2: I don't know, but the point is that there's still at least 1% of the outstanding vote. Whatever form it may take, there's still 1% outstanding that hasn't been counted.
7: Uh, and currently, the numbers for President Biden keep going up comparing to the differences.
2: Actually, uh, they haven't gone up. I thought they were they narrowed somewhat.
7: No, no. Uh, here, here's the numbers. 44,300 as of Sunday, 45,000 as of yesterday, 46,000 as of this morning, as reported by the AP website. Okay. I encourage everyone who thinks this is still in doubt to go to that website. But
2: Um, it is still in doubt if if there are more votes out there, enough votes that if they went a certain way, it could change the election. But for example, well, let me give you an example. They haven't called North Carolina. They say 100 percent of the vote is in in North Carolina, the websites I looked at, and they're still not calling it for President Trump. Doesn't that concern you? Yet in Pennsylvania, they called for Biden long before, (laughs) and he still doesn't have the kind of lead that uh, the president has in North Carolina. I'm just saying I don't. I don't think it's over until the votes are counted, until everybody says this is the final result, and the results are certified. When that happens, I certainly accept those results.
7: It's very interesting, though, because I like current facts, not not uh, historical, whatever, Mr. Readers. Uh, throughout, uh, quoting back to of a book which talks about elections in 1742, before no, we were co- a
2: republic, it comes from that period to this day. It's a great book. It's called uh, "Turn Out the Vote."
7: Okay, and it's uh, worth it's worth reading. So I'm going to get to the facts. The facts are that as of current count, delivered the vote. Uh, the uh, Mr. Biden has 49.8 percent of the vote. In 2016, uh, Mr. Trump had 48.6% right, of the vote, okay. in Pennsylvania. In Michigan, and uh, Joe Biden has 50.6% of the vote. Uh, Mr. Uh, Trump won with 47.6% in 2016. And the point in being,
2: what's the point? The
7: point we, accept we accept that, we accept those The point is that the, that the votes are counted there, and that Mr. Biden has won with greater percentages then Mr. Trump won back in 2016.
2: Uh, no one now, in this program is arguing that. Okay, Do, but don't so, you want so an one accurate count? would say, account? why
7: is the president continuing his his fight? Why is he continuing to ask for more money to?
2: Because Despite. he believes he believes that, that there there was enough fraud there, he's welcome to do that. That's this free, freedom of this country is to go to the courts if you think you've been injured, and and he is doing that. I don't. I wouldn't fault. Um, well, who was it? Uh, Hillary Clinton spent four years saying she was robbed of the election. You know, a lot of people thought Al Gore was robbed, the, the and they same all pursued Hillary
7: Clinton, who the night of the election conceded once the final uh, once the. Uh, the major medias were in.
2: Now, but then ex- after ex- that, ex- she spent f- four the years... Night,
7: ...the day after the election, within She's, hours.
2: She spent four years then debating whether or talking about but how... She conceded it was. ...because <laughs> she
7: knew that was the proper thing to do. Now, here, here is my, my point. I, ha- I have the reason and uh, why the president's continuing to fight this. Um, and do you think that the reason he's asked for more money is to continue the fight? Because... I think it takes about 3 to $5 million uh, to have a recall, and those requests for recall have to pay for it. I
2: don't know, but I heard on the news this morning that he was creating a political pack, and they, they would be raising money to support other candidates and maintain his influence inside the Republican Party. If people choose to give to him for that, that's up to them. I won't. All right, thank you okay. so much, Eric. Appreciate uh,
1: I appreciate the have, call. I have
7: one last point to make. One last point. I'll take 30 seconds. This is a quote off of the... Uh, Donald J. Trump for President website. By donating this page, you agreed your contribution to the Donald J. Trump for President will be allocated as follows. 50% of each contribution to a maximum of 2,800 will be designated towards the general election account for general election debt retirement until the debt is retired. In other words, if you donate, you are giving half your money just to pay off his debt. And the other half, if there's any leftover, can then go to any recount efforts.
2: Right. This, that, that's well, not uncommon. He is
7: one that, more time, one final time, trying to fleece the last. Uh, that's buck not. Addy that's out not uncommon. If you that's, don't believe me? Go to the website. I don't believe and read you. I don't Knowledge believe you, Trump Eric. President, read the Eric, fine
2: print. You know, you're you're missing the point here. That presidents, candidates have done that forever. Hillary Clinton raised money after it to retire her debt. Everybody does that. There's nothing unusual about right, it. Right.
1: Your, your recount fund is generally. I think it's generally accepted and known. It might be in the fine print, but that's going to go. For uh, retiring the debt, and Joe Biden does the same thing. It may not specifically yeah. go for debt, but if there's any money left over, or X percentage, is going to go to the Democratic Party. It's either going to the state or the federal Democratic Party. Well, and remember That's a few years common. ago
2: when they had when the congressmen or people elected to the federal office could take their campaign accounts with them. Remember how many people retired when before the law went in that said you mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. Right, oh, a lot of have a guys lot of left with a big pot of dough from political contributions. Well, and I think I mean, perhaps I, I wasn't able to tell,
1: but I think maybe. Maybe one of Eric's points is that it doesn't really matter what the outcome of the legal wranglings that the president has imposed on Pennsylvania courts—that Joe Biden wins. Well, that's very well and good, but isn't it in everybody's best interest that if there's an anomaly or an illegality or a fraud or a glitch, that we meet it out and make sure it doesn't hurt future elections? I think the president's campaign is spot
2: on. If they think something happened illegal, go ahead and fight it. Let's suppose well, but they there's o- a difference, Mark, between thinking and. having Proof. If they have, I might think that you've cheated well, me out fine. of a deal. But if I can't prove it, what's the point of Let me them pursuing do it? Well, it? that's that's their prerogative. But you, as a,
1: t- a voter and a taxpayer, are you and, and just as an American, are you not interested in finding out if the way some of the elements of the election were wrong and sure illegal? Sure, I
2: am. But I would like there to be some proof, not just bland assertions. If the president came out and said, "Well, I've, this election has been stolen, and here's why," in Nevada this happened, in Pennsylvania this happened, specific allegations but it looks to me more like a fishing expedition no, at this no, point. No, no,
1: no, you're, you're wrong on that. There were... Six hundred eighty-two thousand ballots that were counted with either a Republican poll watcher or a Trump campaign poll watcher either too far away right. that they couldn't see what was happening, or they weren't allowed in at all. Okay. That is I'm a not,
2: fact. I, I agree, and I agree that those ballots should be recounted with poll watchers allowed to stand right on top of them if they want to. All right. Well, let's suppose because all weren't there some two hundred thousand ballots that came in somewhere that had only Biden for president and not didn't vote for any of the down ballot people? That's suspicious. Well, 682,000
1: votes. Let's put them all in the Trump category. Let's have another little paper glitch like we had out in, and then they'd all go for President Trump. And my cockamamie prediction for the past <laughs> four years that Trump would win re-election would come true. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. we got our callers lined up. we got texts aplenty and a couple of 2 three emails. Now we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to uh, let our audience participate. We'll be right back.
5: No need to search high and low for the best holiday bargains. They're easy to find at Sunbury Motors Kia. At Sunbury Motors Kia, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. SMC has 27 2021 Kia Sportages to choose from, and they start at just $23,490. Kia's all-new mid-size sedan, the Kia K5, starts at only $23,746, and it's now available in all-wheel drive. And listen to this. Sunbury Motors Kia has 23 of the hot new 2021 Kia Seltos arriving this month. Reserve yours today. This small all-wheel drive crossover starts at 23490 $21, and remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The best holiday bargains are easy to find, to find at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com.
1: Welcome back Double to KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the market. i got two open lines,
2: one 800 Joe. And one of our emailers says, Eric may not remember, but Hillary Clinton did not concede until the morning after the election, then complained she should not have conceded. This year, she counseled Joe Biden not to concede as she did. And one of our other texters says to me, Joe, how do you know the Trump campaign doesn't have proof? They're filing the lawsuits and will expose their proof in court. Less chance for the Democrats to hide and destroy the evidence of their malfeasance. (laughs) Well, it just seems to me that if you're going to file a court, what do they have? They call it a proffer. You have to give some indication that you have something of substance to file. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying. I don't see that. I don't see what their specific allegations in sufficient quantity to overturn the election results. No, no. You see, you're you're fine in
1: your statement. They haven't done their proffer yet, but they will, and they do have some elements of evidence. But you do not have to have enough evidence to overturn the election. If you dispute the outcome of the election because of this, which is not what they're doing, They're they're disputing the fact that the election was not conducted properly in certain ways in certain places at a certain time. And they have evidence of that, and they're going to present that, and that's that. They're not supposing that it's going to undo the outcome of the election. Uh, if that were true, well, then they would just look at the court would just look at it and say, well, the you know the margin of litigation is too great. You know, The most that this could do is flip 20 votes or something, and Joe Biden won by 43,000 votes in Pennsylvania. So that's not yeah. enough. You're not going to look at it. But they're complaining about certain elements of the election process, hundreds of thousands of votes counted uh, blindly without poll watchers present, and that's clearly an well, election violation and clearly could affect the outcome of Pennsylvania's election. And then election.
2: Rob says, ask Eric how the democratically controlled Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling keeping the Green Party presidential candidate off the ballot was not voter suppression. Well, it was voter suppression of the highest order. No, 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 it was no, yes, not. yes, 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 in yes. In Pennsylvania,
1: you have to follow a sequence to get on the ballot. You can't just submit a bunch of random names. You have to do the right number of names in the right uh, from the right political party on the right date. The Green Party did none of that. They just submitted petitions and said, we How went on the ballot. How all the other
2: candidates in the Green Party get on the ballot? In other states, they follow the rules. Oh, no, here, there were Green Party candidates on the ballot.
1: Well, then they all follow the rules correctly, but the candidate that was off the ballot in Pennsylvania... <laughs> was not permitted to do so because they didn't follow the rules. I know you want all these names on there so it would dilute the vote, but the fact of the matter is, everybody who complied, everybody whose name was on the ballot Joe Biden, President Trump, JoJo Jorgensen, and others did so legally. But if you don't do it legally, you don't get to be on the ballot. If they had taken
2: JoJo Jorgensen's name off the ballot, I suspect the president would have picked up most of those and won the state.
1: Mm, I doubt that very much. There was no indication of that. Typically, oh, go ahead.
5: We also had a caller that. didn't want to go on there, but uh, said that the reason that North Carolina has not been called yet is they accept mail-in ballots until Friday, the 12th.
1: Well, so, that wouldn't stop the media from calling them, even no, though right. the, that, that means the election won't be certified by them, but there's nothing you know, obviously AP will call somebody at it's the interesting drop of though hat. That,
2: and the, Thank uh, you. The Fox News and the CNN uh, sites, election sites, both say that North Carolina is 100% tallied in the race for president, doesn't show that in the race for Senate, which is interesting because they haven't called that for the Republican, who is substantially ahead, too.
1: All right. Uh, Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
6: Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Are they only investigating, uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Trump and Mr. Barr, are they only investigating states that, that swung the election towards Biden?
2: Well, I think Mr. Biden, if he thought there was some Republican malfeasance, would certainly file suits of his own. Don't you?
6: Well, that—that's not the answer to the question I ask you. Is it? <laughs>
2: well, yes, it is exactly. Are they only the...
6: looking at at the states where that were, where that that were, that the Democrats won?
2: Well, why would they look at other states if they well, don't think? Well,
6: he's the president. He's the president of the United States.
2: Right, and that and that... Bill
6: Barr is the Attorney General of the but... United States, not just state.
2: But you're missing the point that Joe Biden hasn't. Not al- not. No, I'm yes you, yes, you are, because Joe yeah. Biden hasn't come forth and said, I believe there were voting irregularities in this state. He hasn't done that. Uh, There's okay. nothing to investigate.
1: Mike, the, uh, an well, answer, I, I, Mike, 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 in answer to your question, what? you're 100% right. The U.S. Attorney General Barr should look into any anomalies nationwide that occurred in the election system yeah. at all whatsoever. Right, yeah, but, and and I called can, but, but the lawsuits are I can filed by, by the Trump why, campaign. The way. That's who's filed the lawsuits in Pennsylvania. It the Trump campaign and the campaign, just the right. campaign, is filing lawsuits if and right. only if they lost in a state.
2: And if the Democrats yeah. felt the, they were aggrieved, they'd people. fall suits.
1: There's
6: been. Hello? Oh, yeah, we we're ahead. on. Go ahead. Uh, February 2019, <laughs> Leslie Dallas, a uh, uh, Republican activist, was uh, convicted of ballot rigging in uh, North Carolina. July 220, 2020, Steve Watkins, Republican representative, got uh, has three uh, felony charges of, of fixing voting in the state of Kansas. These are these are Republicans.
2: Well, you're leaving off the Democrats in Philadelphia who've been arrested and convicted. Well, of I
6: I didn't I, I was I I didn't see them. I'm sorry. Well, you, you didn't they look do? very
2: hard. There are a couple of Democrats who were well, actually what? arrested and convicted for voter fraud in Philly.
6: Yeah, okay, well, Hans, you just made my point for you, because there's voter fraud in, on both sides. Is that not correct?
2: It could well be, but the whole point of the lawsuits is that whoever believes they've been harmed files the lawsuit. If Joe Biden doesn't believe he's been harmed, he has won't file a lawsuit. If he believes he's been harmed, he probably will. Nobody's
6: a sore winner here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a sore loser. Well, I'm, I'm sure that it's. Hey, one other if thing. If one other, I have one other question. Can I ask? This is an easy one. Okay. All right. The the part about uh, having your uh, ballot postmarked on election day was that always in the law? That part of it. I thought no, it No,
1: that was no, I inserted. I it used to be in Pennsylvania's mail-in law. You had to have your ballots into the courthouse by election, election day. night. Right. Well, even eight p.m. You could get it to the whole courthouse if you did so. Yeah, but well,
6: I mean, I'm talking about the postmarking mail-in.
1: But out. then in in Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court said, well, uh, because of the pandemic and, uh, well, I guess just because of the pandemic and the fact that the postal system is slowing down, we're going to allow those ballots that are postmarked on election day to be received for three days. Well, that is the right. state Supreme Court.
8: Well, why, uh, why is that
6: considered so radical since it was the Trump administration that sabotage the post office with this guy they put in charge <laughs> well, first to of all, blow down the post office.
1: It's not considered Three radical. Three days, they
4: should have gave him six days.
1: First of all, the state Supreme Court isn't to whom we turn if we have a flaw in the law and we need it repaired. What? Okay, that's not, are, the ro- are, that's, are that's not the role of the courts. The court's role is to interpret the laws. Secondly, uh, that's a pretty significant change in the rules that suddenly anybody can mail a ballot on Election Day would be received. Now, I'm not saying the justification isn't there. The pandemic is happening in the post Social services service is slow, so I'm not saying that it was a terrible change in the law. I'm just saying that it is a change in election law. So now you have people that cast ballots on election day into the mail system and got the postmark on time. Now you're going to say, well, okay, now we're going to change that. We're going to appeal it to the Supreme Court. So that wouldn't be right either. I, I would tend to say, and I should ask Cliff outright, the courts rarely take a vote that's cast by a well-meaning voter. You know, certainly the parties or, you know, the aggrieved party can say, well, something wasn't right, but the person casting the ballot did so legally in hopes that it would it would be counted. So that that's the second thing. And the the other thing is that the Supreme Court didn't drop this. They just said we're not going to touch it for now. They are going to look at it later. So those ballots may count later. Okay, Mike.
6: One little tiny point about that, please. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, if if you're allowed to put a, ma- a mail-in ballot in by eight o'clock on election day. How could anyone expect a mail-in ballot postmarked on election day to get to the place where they're counted on election day. Okay, you didn't listen to what I said in Pennsylvania. No, I but, don't. I don't understand what you're saying. You okay. All right,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. I mean, in, what, in, what's wrong? What with we my have point? here is a failure to communicate. Right. Okay. Well, what's
6: wrong with my point? You got to give them a day or two to get through the mail. Right. Ban. No
1: argument there. Look, there is no expectation uh, under typical circumstances that a ballot mailed on election day would arrive on election day and get there in time. But so of that, course not.
6: It's impossible.
1: Right. But that was not Pennsylvania law. You know. Uh, my Oh, Roma. that's what I
6: was asking. It was the, the part about allowing somebody to put in a mail-in ballot on, by the end of business on Election Day, was that always in the law, or was that also new?
1: No, that was put on, that brand new, by the state Supreme Court.
6: Right.
2: It had been, you had to have it in. We
1: have
6: a okay, very old they, Supreme and Court. And they changed it to postmarked by.
2: Right. That was and they okay. well, that the card com- I
6: was because it sounded to me like it was a two- part thing. everybody was talking about all the time.
2: It completely went against the legislative intent of the law. So what we have is the judicial activism on the part of the state Supreme Court, right. Okay. Hey, we, roll. we got a roll. In the middle of
6: a, of, a, of a pandemic, uh, an pandemic. epidemic yep. where people don't want to come out. you <laughs> know, that's there's, it. Yeah, there's circumstances, aren't there?
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate right, the call. Well, yeah, the president's also slowed down the post office. Mark, you're on the mark.
8: Yeah, um, Mark, I heard something disturbing that Tucker uh, Carlson's uh, on the chopping block, and that George Soros is putting pressure on Fox, and that's the top-rated show on Fox. So you see him go. That's bad. Bad times coming for us. I'll tell you that right now.
2: Who's on the chopping block?
8: Tucker Carlson, Tucker the top-rated okay. show on Fox. Okay. He who, might be going.
2: Really? Who says that? Where would I, he I go? Heard that?
8: Huh? Well, they're putting pressure on him to uh, tone as this, uh, you know, what he says uh, down, and that uh, I think George Soros. Uh, he's out pressuring uh, Fox now. Uh, we'll just have to see on this and see uh, where we're going, but. Uh, I think we're going uh, in the wrong direction. I think the uh, the freedoms in this country are going to be cut back. That's just my opinion. Well, keep think, an eye on that, will you?
2: I think Rupert Murdoch has at least as much money as George Soros, and he should be able to withstand any pressure that might be put on him.
8: Well, his his, his uh, uh, children are running uh, that sh- uh, that fox now. I think he's uh, on, on the sidelines. We're just going to have to keep an eye on uh, who's going to get chopped here. I don't know. Uh, some of these talk uh, shows, radio shows might be going next, but... Uh, uh, I, I will say one other thing: uh, Trump's got to come up with some uh, evidence here, or uh, he's got to just throw in the towel here because it's uh, starting to look like he's a sore loser. But if he's got some uh, serious allegations against Pennsylvania, I want him to pursue that. So, but uh, I, I'll tell you what: I'm worried. I really am worried.
2: Well, I agree you with I agree with you about the I agree with you about the lawsuits. I think he's g you know it's a time to either put up or shut up.
8: Exactly. So. Uh, We'll just have to see how it plays out. You have a good day, guys. Okay, you thank too. You Thanks for much. calling.
1: All right, we'll take a quickie break. we got two open lines. Uh, upper right-hand corner, Joe, and
2: then so, we'll take the break. So, united we stand, divided we fall. So, after four years of hate, we now need to come together for the greater good. Let me think about that for about four years. Here's my personal plan if President Trump doesn't win. I already dropped Fox about six months ago. I listened for two minutes of news at the top of each hour. Last, my goal is, as best I can, I don't want to hear any democrats voice for the next four years that it's going to be hard to accomplish but there's always the mute button and alexa turn off that turn off that's about the united what? And Alexa, turn off that's about as United. I oh. guess I can give you, okay? Okay, they capitalized United. That's what threw you <laughs> off. That Threw me
1: off, all right. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. Just just keep telling. Alexa, play WKOK, and then you'll be safe. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. We will be right back. When it comes to
9: car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and
2: Go Steelers. 8-0. How about that, buddy? Whatever. (laughs) Okay. That one of our emailers says, Joe, what's wrong with a whole new election, and can all the ballots received to date cost too much? Nah. It will cost too much to sift through the votes that came in after the election. Those votes should be discarded entirely. The money this action would cost probably will be less than recounting mountains of good votes and the act of determining which ballots are bad. And then one of our other emailers says the Green Party was kicked off because the Democrats weren't satisfied with the signatures from the Green Party petitions to get on the ballot. Right. Isn't were... that rich from the party that had said signatures on mail-in ballots didn't matter? Right, well, that and, is rich. And the bottom one. Hey, Mike, the post office has always been slow. Long before Trump got in office, wake up. <laughs> no, but they slowed down still further this year, or so yes. they say. Okay, if you say so, Mark. Chat. I get my mail every day.
7: Here's an
5: interesting thing uh, I just saw. um, Right now, Biden has 50.8% of the popular vote, and he has now topped Ronald Reagan's 50.7% in 1980, which is the highest percentage for a challenger since FDR in
2: 1932.
5: Wow. So there was such a big voter turnout.
2: Well, Herbert Hoover wasn't exactly well-liked at the time of that vote Mm, in 1932. That's what I was just gonna say. Okay,
1: Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in from Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania.
10: Yeah, you know, four years ago, people were saying the the election was rigged, Trump didn't win it fairly, and and the media was saying, you know, we have to investigate everything, we have to look at everything. And now, When uh, many people, including myself, think there was things that went wrong here, and we would like them investigated, we would like it checked out to make it at least, at a minimum, fair for the future, we're called sore losers. You know, to me, it's the old double standard, and I don't like it. And the second thing, Mark, uh, I think I heard you say the, the, the state Supreme Court made the law.
1: Right. They, they determined that the, there was an issue presented to them. I think it was the Democratic Party or somebody c- appealed to the Supreme Court saying that because of the pandemic and the slowing postal system, ballots should be counted in Pennsylvania after Election Day. And the court should have just said, yes or no, we're going to allow this or not. But they carved out, they came up with this three-day extension. The Supreme Court said, well, we're, we don't need you attorneys. We're just going to draw some legislation ourselves. We're going to allow ballots to come in for three days after the election. Mm-hmm. Even if they do not have a postmark, if they just happen to come in through the U.S. mail in the normal way, three days after the election, even if they don't have a postmark, we will count them. So a lot of people, myself included, say that's not really the right way to go about uh, legislating changes in the laws. But my point with Mike was that, and he never did get it, is that that change was in effect several weeks before the election and so people went to the post office on election day and put their ballot in knowing that it would be counted even if it got to the election after election day so th- my view is those votes should count even if the Supreme Court was wrong the vote should count because I went to the mailbox they told me it's okay and so I did and so my vote should count.
10: Well that that that's true. I, I agree with that in the concept but what, to me, the whole thing comes down to the rule of law. The state legislature makes the laws, okay? And it's up to the people to conform to the laws. It's not up to the, uh, an activist to say, well, I think it should be this way, and then a court say, yeah, I, I agree with you, and just change the law. Well... You change the law by electing people that are going to change the law. You don't elect the law, uh, change the law by you know having activists make up stuff and to, to suit their needs. So that to me, it's just wrong. There's right and there's wrong, and that was wrong. Well, now, wait till on the, the more, Democrat.
2: Wait until the Democrats pack the Supreme Court, and you'll see exactly the same thing happening there.
10: That, that's absolutely true. If it comes to that, now the, I, 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 I was serious about uh, what I was saying there, but this is a little bit on the comical side. At least it was to me. You know, I, I, I was watching Biden and, and I believe it was Harris. I, and I'm not sure when it was. It was at, in the fog of the election. I was watching. They had a they were on the stage and they had one of their rallies. I guess it was after he w- assumed he was going to win. And I'd never seen so many shiny new red, white and blue pickup trucks with American flags on them. I mean, if you just glanced at it, you would think it was a Trump rally. So, I have to say, where, where did they get all these red, white, and blue pickup trucks and SUVs that look like they'd never done a day of work in their lives Where's for this? these rallies? Did they just recruit them, or did they buy them and set them up as a prop,
1: or what? Yeah, I don't know, but I know at this, that was primarily at the uh, the Biden headquarters in Wilmington. There must have been a Chrysler dealer that put the vehicles there because there were, you know, the Chrysler minivans were there and the Jeeps were there. They were all shiny and new and all in the front row. And if you noticed, mm-hmm. every vehicle there was a Chrysler product in the front row. So they probably, if they knew that Joe Biden was going to say something, they went down and put their people in the front row first with their new vehicles. Well, not
2: it, only that, but did you see the big rally that Joe, in front of the Capitol or in front of the White House of Joe Biden supporters? Mm-hmm. Not one, Very few. Few of them wearing masks, but most of them crammed (gasps) shoulder to shoulder, and not one word in the media about a a super spreader event until now. Until now. Until now.
10: Yeah. So, so basically, what we're trying to articulate here is a double standard. Okay, it's just people do not like double standards. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Now, I know people see, you know, what they want to see, and they hear what they want to hear. But the reality is, in Pennsylvania, there's no more clear-cut example of a double standard and right now uh, i don't know whether your listeners are I and i just got i got up late today watching the football game so i didn't hear your show but i don't know whether you started talking about the the special elections in georgia where the you know basically in my mind the fate of our country is in the hands of the voters of georgia now with the uh, two senate races up for grabs and uh, so they, they, you know i don't know i mean i i'm going to work on that i'm going to donate money to the people in the state of florida I mean you, you Georgia.
2: You mean Georgia? Did you hear Chuck? Georgia. Did you hear Chuck Schumer's comment yesterday? He he said and yelling it. Uh, to, next we take Georgia, then we change the world, and then they asked him to repeat it, and he said uh, tomorrow we take today we take Georgia, then we change America, but today we take Georgia and tomorrow the world sounds awful lot like <laughs> Hitler saying.
1: <laughs> oh dear. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for the today, call. Today Germany, here, tomorrow sir. the world. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six. I probably got our callers uh, lined up for the end. Of the show. we got two waiting and one coming in. Bob, you're next. Go right
11: ahead. Yeah, good morning. How are you guys doing? Hang it
2: hey. in there. How about you, Bob?
11: Oh, pretty good. Well, I can guarantee you Trump's not going to go out with a, without a fight. He's going to have us in war before he's left the White House. And I, I'll go down there myself and take him out in, in January. But uh,
2: Are you threatening the President of the United let States? you know
11: that, you know, he fired our Secretary of Defense. <laughs> what was that for? He's looking for trouble, he's going to cause trouble, he's losing power, he's going to go to jail, and he's going to lose properties because he owes a million, billion dollars in debt.
2: Bob, this president has kept us out of wars. He's pulled troops out of areas where yeah, the Democrats... Yeah, until,
11: until he got kicked out well, when he out. What's, what's, what's your proof I of this? Mark what, my words. What <laughs> proof do you have? You'll see. He already fired the Secretary of Defense. So and, what? He's fired other and people? And then he has uh, his puppets in, down there trying to rewrite the laws and stuff. What, well, what the, puppets
2: uh, are rewriting laws?
11: Uh, Barr.
2: Barr's not rewriting any laws. He yeah. just announced he'd conduct an investigation if anybody yeah, brought well, any allegations to him. who else just quit? Uh, the guy who was running the uh, criminal or running the election investigations, I guess, in the Justice Department resigned when Barr announced that he would uh, conduct investigations if he found yeah. any credible evidence.
11: What's, it, what's, it, what's that saying?
2: It's saying there's the guy's going to lose his job anyway because there's going to be a new administration coming in. Yeah, at, well,
11: but, but I don't know how to hire him back. I mean, collect unemployment for a month or two. Who can't do that? You know, and why would uh <laughs> Biden go out and file a lawsuit when he already won the state votes, the most electoral votes and the, the most it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to file a lawsuit. But if you, you believe know, you if you believe you were nothing. cheated,
2: but Bob, if you believe you were cheated, you would file a lawsuit. How if Joe Biden believed that Republicans had stolen the was state you from cheated, him, cheated Joe I'm saying if he believed he was, the president believes he was cheated, he's filed lawsuits. Now he's got to put up or shut up. He's got to come up with the proof. If Joe Biden felt that some state was stolen from him illegally, do you think he would not file a lawsuit about that?
11: He's a winner. He don't you're a missing my point. Too. I'm saying,
2: but that's the point. If he did, if he felt he had been robbed, he doesn't.
11: He doesn't. <laughs> you know, he's not going to throw away money. It don't grow on trees. Excellent point. Well said. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bob. Appreciate the call. All, All right, right. Have we a got good to, day. Yeah, bye. Yeah, you we're, too. We're having
2: trouble. We have a real failure to communicate today for some strange reason. <laughs> Cindy, last <laughs> caller before the break.
12: Well, I think that's proof positive that there's a lot more talking than there is listening, Joe. Amen. And, that, and therein lies the rub. For example, I listened to the gentleman two calls ago, and he pretty much stole my thunder. Ah. I was just shaking my head, yes, 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 you're absolutely right. I don't understand. For three and a half years, I heard great concern from some people in this country about the integrity of our elections. I share their concern. So why then now do they object to someone who's fighting to assure the integrity of our election? I don't get that.
10: Hypocrisy. And why wouldn't
12: any candidate have the right to raise issues, whether I like them or not, about voting that's gone on and the propriety? I'm very disturbed that the PA Supreme Court stepped in and changed the law. It's one story. I always thought that their role was yay or nay. Yes, Joe, you're right. No, Joe, you're wrong. Not, no, Joe, you're wrong, and I've decided that from now on, Cindy goes first. That is not how the role of the court is supposed to be, in my opinion. They're just supposed to read the law, look at the situation, and say you're complying with the Constitution or you're not.
8: There was some time uh... ago
12: when Mark said, don't worry about the integrity of the election because they check the signatures. And what did our Supreme Court do?
1: Threw out signatures for late ballots.
12: Exactly. Threw out checking the signatures. So the one thing that, Mark, you held up to me and said, don't worry about it, Cindy, <laughs> because they're going to check these signatures. That's how we have integrity. And, indeed, I've worked the polling place. That's what happens. The court, in the throes of the election, <laughs> threw it out.
1: Right. I, I didn't argue on behalf of that. I just said that was the system. I don't. It's not a good one. There's no argument there.
12: Well, the problem here is, for me, that I want to know that people were duly and fairly and legally elected. And if, if there's issue to take with that, I want that investigated. And I can't, I'm astounded that people who spent three and a half years carrying on about the last presidential election are now turning around and complaining when people are taking action to try to assure the integrity of the election, don't they don't they hear the contradiction in what they're saying?
2: Well, and the fact that there was no Russian collusion around this time when the Democrats won. you think the Dem- you think somebody had their thumb on the scale in a foreign country to help Joe Biden or not? China. I have no idea and China
12: here's what I do know. There was a time when we' spoke for a long time on this show about how, uh... people had suggested that americans were racists, and now i say baloney to all of you because not only has a man been who is of a minority race been elected to the presidency of the united states but a woman who has two minorities to her name has been elected the vice president. So I say baloney that we're all a bunch of racists. That's just simply not true. If that were true, there's no way these two people would have achieved these high offices.
1: All right, thank you uh, so there much. Are some Cindy. People, there are some yeah, people, though, Cindy, who the believe
2: comment. the 72 million people who voted for Trump must be racist because they believe Trump is a racist. All so right, we'll there's do. that. we got more callers waiting. We'll be right back.
5: No need to search high and low for the best holiday bargains. They're easy to find at Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia. All prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. SMC has 27 2021 Kia Sportages to choose from. And they start at just $23,490. Kia's all-new mid-size sedan, the Kia K5, starts at only $23,746. And it's now available in all-wheel drive. And listen to this. Sunbury Motors Kia has 23 of the hot new 2021 Kia Seltos arriving this month. Reserve yours today. This small all-wheel drive crossover starts at 23 and remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The best holiday bargains are easy Z- to, to find, find at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. I will be a president for every American. This election
10: is over. It's time to put aside the part- the partisanship and the rhetoric that designed to demonize one another. It's time to end the politicization of basic responsible public health steps like mask wearing and
9: social distancing.
4: This election is not over. Far from it. We have only begun the process of obtaining an accurate, honest vote count. We are fighting for the rights of all Americans who want to have faith and confidence not only in this election, but in the many elections to come.
2: Yeah, This is the soundbite of the year right here.
4: This election is not over. Far from it.
2: Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic. What is it they say? The opera ain't over till the heavyset lady sings. <laughs> heavy <set laughs> lady, it ain't over till it's over. Who said that? Uh,
1: Yogi Berra? 90 seconds each, starting with Al. Go ahead, sir.
4: Well, I just heard Biden, and only the uh, the media called this election so far, so Kaylee was right. And for a quarter of a century, we've been voting the same way for a president. This year, they changed things. They brought in the mail-in ballot, and um, President Trump said that was going to be problems right from the beginning, and he said he'd be winning that evening, and he was winning that evening, and then everything stopped. I'm on the phone. I'll be right with you, then <laughs> Don't let us bother you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay. Ten, ten seconds, guys. And ahead.
4: Uh, we uh, we had more votes this time. There was a uh, 71 million for Trump, 76 million for Biden. That topped any other vote by eight million. And um, then. Trump has the second most votes for president
1: ever. All right. Thank you so much, Al. Appreciate the call. Got to take another call. Chris, you're going to get only a minute. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Well, first of all, I looked up White House demonstration photos for the day involved, and they were shoulder to shoulder, but everybody had a mask on that you could see. You couldn't see anybody without a mask. Oh, no. So you better check your... Photos on that. Fox says they didn't wear a mask. I looked at. Fox says they didn't
2: wear a mask. You need to check a different camera camera angle. Not everybody was wearing a mask.
4: Uh, (laughs) Pretty much everybody in front was, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Every one of them. So, anyway, and uh, baloney to Sydney. because uh, somebody got elected, proves there's no racism in America. Baloney, baloney, baloney. Forty <laughs> percent of the country is minority, about now. or Forty-some, right, I believe, right? Okay. That's right. We're oh, all that's racists. Only that that makes America racist-free. Seventy-seven million the, people uh, are all
2: racists. They voted for Trump. We're all racists. Moving on. No, I didn't say that. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Call first
1: but thing tomorrow. But you
4: like to put words in my mouth. I know, Joe. <laughs>
2: thank you, Chris. I well, really you, I'm just returning the, the favor, Chris.
1: This is WKOK Sunbury.